Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, Just to show you how insignificant the debate in this country has become, how off the rails it's become. People do remember D-Day, and we'll talk more about D-Day on Thursday. Ever hear the Battle of Midway? How many of you have heard the Battle of Midway? Do you know about the Battle of Midway? Do you know when it took place? I suspect most who are 30 years old or younger do not. I was never taught about these various wars except at a surface level when I was in public school, and that's, you know, several decades ago. And I suspect it's even less significant today in the classroom. And when we lose our history, we're going to lose our country. And so I want to briefly tell you, those who know, just uh, in, in additional edification, those who don't, a first time, about the Battle of Midway that took place from June 3rd through June 6th, 1942, 77 years ago. And I do it with the help of the Britannica Encyclopedia. Now, when I was a kid, they were all lined up on a shelf, Britannica. Today, I don't know that anybody even has these encyclopedias anymore. They just go online. So it was a World War II naval battle fought almost entirely with aircraft, in which the United States destroyed Japan's first-line carrier strength and most of its best-trained naval pilots. And together with the Battle of Guadalcanal, the Battle of Midway ended the threat of further Japanese invasion in Pacific. So it was hugely important. Despite a setback in May 1942 in the indecisive Battle of the Coral Sea, the Japanese had continued with plans to seize Midway Island and bases in the Illusions, seeking a naval showdown with the numerically inferior U.S. Pacific Fleet, Admiral Yamamoto Isaruko sent out the bulk of the Japanese fleet, including four heavy and three light aircraft carriers, with orders to engage and destroy the American fleet and invade Midway. Now, if the Japanese had succeeded, they would have controlled the Pacific. U.S. intelligence had divined Japan... So the U.S. Navy broke the Japanese code. U.S. intelligence had divined Japanese intentions after breaking the Japanese naval code, however. And the Americans were ready. Three heavy aircraft carriers of the U.S. Pacific Fleet were mustered. These ships were stationed 350 miles northeast of Midway and awaited the advance of Yamamoto's Armada. 
Now, whereas the Japanese had no land-based air support, the Americans from Midway and from Hawaii could commit about 115 land-based planes. The battle began on June 3, 1942, when U.S. bombers from Midway Island struck ineffectually at the Japanese invasion force about 220 miles southwest of the U.S. fleet. Early the next morning, Japanese planes from the strike force attacked and bombed Midway heavily, while the Japanese carriers escaped damage from U.S. land-based planes. As the morning progressed, the Japanese carriers were soon overwhelmed by the logistics of almost simultaneously sending a second wave of bombers to finish off the Midway runways, zigzagging to avoid the bombs of attacking U.S. aircraft and trying to launch more planes to sink the now-sighted U.S. naval forces. They didn't know what to do because they were caught. Whether to send the planes with torpedoes on them to go after the naval fleet or to continue to bomb Midway. And there was a level of indecisiveness there that worked to the favor of the United States. A wave of U.S. torpedo bombers was almost completely destroyed during attack on the Japanese carriers at 9.20 a.m. But at about 8.30 a.m., 36 carrier-launched U.S. dive bombers caught the Japanese carriers while their decks were cluttered with armed aircraft and fuel. The U.S. planes quickly sank three of the heavy Japanese carriers and one heavy cruiser. In the late afternoon, U.S. planes disabled the fourth heavy carrier, scuttled the next morning, but its aircraft had, been, had badly damaged the U.S. carrier Yorktown. On June 6, a Japanese submarine fatally torpedoed the Yorktown and an, escort, and an escorting American destroyer. That day, a Japanese heavy cruiser was sunk. You can see they're just blow for blow duking it out. The Japanese, however, appalled by the loss of their carriers, had already begun a general retirement on the night of June 4th through the 5th without attempting to land on Midway. The Battle of Midway brought the Pacific Naval Forces of Japan and the United States to approximate parity and marked a turning point of the military struggle between the two countries. The Battle of Midway. You know why I first really learned about the Battle of Midway? By a movie about Midway. Now, this is American history. Battle after battle. Hero after hero. Defending this country. Defending its people. And then I listened to the talk today about people who've never served some who have served but most who haven't trashing our country from universities and colleges trashing our country in the pages of the Democrat Party press oh they say they support the military but they have a funny way of showing it Kaepernick and others protesting protesting what? They haven't sacrificed a damn thing. And then I look at this story from Conservative Review by Nate Madden. Tuesday marks the 30th anniversary, so we have the anniversary of Midway. But today marks the 30-year anniversary of the massacre at Tiananmen Square. 
when China's communist government violently cracked down on student-led protests for greater political freedom and a regime that was starting to experiment with openness and liberalization. We still don't know the total number of those killed or injured by their government that day. Estimates put the death toll anywhere from hundreds to 2,600 to as many as 10,000. And that 10,000 figure comes from a diplomatic cable from the British in 2017. But the day will be forever immortalized by the image of a man holding grocery bags standing in front of a line of tanks. His fate and identity are still unknown because he was res- removed from the square by two, by two men. And today, the Chinese government continues to grossly abuse the human rights of its citizens while the rest of the world watches. Right now, between one and two million Uyghur Muslims are currently languishing in concentration camps. The Xi regime has led a massive crackdown against Christian churches for years. It's now trying to rewrite scripture. Beijing also reportedly tightened its control over Tibetan Buddhism in 2018, according to observers, and pursues a strategy of forced assimilation and suppression of Tibetan Buddhism throughout Tibet. A 2018 report also served to bolster the long-standing charges that the Chinese government sanctions live organ harvesting of members of the Falun Gong religious group. Throughout 2018, authorities harassed, detained, and intimidated Falun Gong practitioners simply for practicing their beliefs, explains the U.S. Commission on International and Religious Rights. Pretty sick, isn't it? Let's see here. There were reports that many of the detainees suffered physical violence, psychiatric abuse, sexual assault, forced drug administration, and sleep deprivation. The Chinese government routinely jails dissidents, leading the world in political prisoners in 2018. Freedom House notes that in its attitude toward political dissent, the Chinese Communist Party has proven much harsher than the old Soviet regime of the Brezhnev era. Still today, people who speak up about what happened in June 1989 have a bad habit of disappearing. Those are just a handful of examples. While in the past three decades, China has moved away from a communist economy, the country has not moved away from its authoritarian tendencies. The events of 30 years ago still stir our conscience. The conscience of freedom-loving people around the world reads an apt statement from U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo about the massacre. Over the decades that followed, the United States hoped that China's integration into the international system would lead to a more open, tolerant society. Those hopes have been dashed. China's one-party state tolerates no dissent and abuses human rights whenever it serves its interests. Thirty years ago today, China, Midway, 77 years ago today, America, two different systems, two different countries, two different governments. I just wish we appreciated ours a lot more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. 
Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. At LevinforHillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, the, this current generation of politicians and the current generation of newsrooms and so-called journalists really does tremendous damage to this society. We have this magnificent history and culture. And they give it either no attention or they trash it. I can't think of a single person running for the Democrat nomination who embraces this country in every kind of loving way. I cannot think of one. And I'm going to give you an example of an individual in a newsroom that does grave damage to this country. And that individual's Chris Cuomo, and he's among many. And it is his so-called newsroom, CNN. I want you to listen to this carefully. Cut one, go. This is America. We don't have presidents who punish companies because they don't flatter them enough. There's nothing great again about taking America down the path of the despot. We've never had a president call for Americans to boycott a company he doesn't like. Look at this. Can't say that anymore. I believe that if people stopped using or subscribing, two P's and stop, to AT&T, they would be forced to make big changes at CNN, which is dying in the ratings anyway. It's so unfair with such bad fake news. Why wouldn't they act when the world watches CNN? It gets a false picture of USA. Sad. Now, first of all, AT&T employs 260. Right, let's, 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 let's hold off there. Chris Cuomo is a propagandist. He's an ignoramus. I had my publisher send him a copy of my book on freedom of the press. I'm I'm sorry. This book is lost on virtually every newsroom and journalist in America. It just is, which is why it's not written for them. But I thought maybe having sent him the book, he might read it. But they don't read. They don't read. These phony reviews of my book. They don't read them. Now, you know this is a lie. Let's start again. Cut one at the top. Go. There's Stonewall. At the top. This is America. We don't have presidents who punish companies because they don't flatter them enough. There's nothing great again about taking America down the path of the despot. We've never had a president call for Americans to boycott a company he doesn't like. All right. So let's stop there. That is a historical lie. And so when you have a 
an ideologue pushing propaganda, this is what you get. So it is a relatively small audience that watches Chris Cuomo's show. But they're listening to what he's saying. And so they think President Trump is moving us towards despotism. Because we've never had a president call for Americans to boycott a company he doesn't like. I believe that if people stopped using or subscribing to AT&T, they would be forced to make big changes at CNN. Unfortunately, that's a fact. And the reason is CNN is not self-policing. Jeff Zucker is a cheerleader for this kind of dishonesty. Now, you'll read the book and you'll get the, the fine details. But we have had presidents that have done more than call for boycotts of American companies. We've had presidents who've used the power of the IRS, the power of the FBI, in one case, Johnson, the power of the CIA, against the media. Against the media. We have presidents who have imprisoned journalists. We have presidents who have shut down newspapers. But this would destroy Chris Cuomo's ideology, his view of the world. The truth kills the left. It destroys their ideology. Woodrow Wilson and the 1918 Sedition Act. Look in the book. Woodrow Wilson and the first propagandist effort by the federal government. Woodrow Wilson and censorship. Franklin Roosevelt and his use of the Internal Revenue Service. Extraordinary. John Kennedy, his use of the Internal Revenue Service and the FBI. Lyndon Johnson, his use of the IRS, the FBI, and the CIA. Nixon and his use of the IRS and FBI, picking up from Johnson. And, of course, Obama's use of the FBI and the Department of Justice against the media. So, President Trump speaks, really, one or two sentences. I believe that if people stop using or subscribing to AT&T, they would be forced to make big changes at CNN, which is dying in the ratings anyway. It's so unfair with such bad, fake news. Why wouldn't they act? And he goes on. Consider, consider the historical context. Trump hasn't done anything. And yet listen to Chris Cuomo. This is what I mean. These guys in the media and our current crop of politicians are dragging this country down. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. 
And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. I would also say to Chris Cuomo and his fellow progressive Democrats at CNN, you attack the president of the United States. Your so-called profession is at the lowest level in American history, as far as I'm concerned. And I've looked at the history of the press. It's a disgrace. When you're leading a political movement to remove a duly elected president of the United States, and you are pushing your propaganda every single program, every single night you're on television... When you're utterly dishonest about it, and you're not alone, of course, and you're trying to disenfranchise 63 million Americans who voted for this president and do enormous damage damage to the civil society, create horrible fissures in this country, you ought to look in the mirror, pal. You want to talk about despotism? You and your fellow Democrat Party press types should look in the mirror and see what you're doing to this nation. And the truth is, most of America is turned off by CNN. Their ratings are in the tank. Most of Americans are turned off by Rachel Maddow. People are shutting it off. They're destroying the very industry that they attack the president on. As I explain in Unfreedom of the Press, I sent him a copy of this. I've sent all these, not all, but certainly most, as, as far as I remember, of these individuals, the book, I'm telling you, they are irredeemable in terms of journalists. They're in a rut, and they like being in a rut. They don't want to be news people. They don't want to report the news. They want to make news. They want to manufacture events. They want to push a, an agenda. They are social activists. They're not going to give it up, which is why... These particular so-called news platforms are going to die. Just a matter of time. You can only be subsidized so long. I mean, even Russia's pulling out of Venezuela. You can only subsidize failure, disaster for so long. And at some point you give it up. And that's what you're watching before your eyes. It's a magnificent country. We have a magnificent history. But you wouldn't know it watching these cable channels, CNN and MSNBC. You wouldn't know it reading the New York Times and the Washington Post. You wouldn't know it listening to this recent young crop and some old running for president in the Democrat Party. They don't talk up the country. They don't talk up our history. They're not positive about the future. They talk up government. Government. They might as well be socialists from Europe or from south of the border. All they do is talk up government, the benefits of government, government, government. Well, that's not our country. Our country's not about government, government, government. It's about the people. 
and not as a collective, not pushed into various groups and then turned against each other, the people as individuals. As individuals. You don't hear that from the Democrats. You don't hear that from the media. We have a grand history, a magnificent history. They reject it. We have a president who's taking on the mass murderers in China. They attack him. We have a president who's trying to secure the border using whatever tools he has available. He's under attack by his own party today, Mitch McConnell. I'm not a big tariff guy, but I am a big national sovereignty guy. And I do believe in securing the border. I do believe in protecting our towns and our cities and our states. I do believe in the rule of law. That's what this is about. And yet they'll bring in Rand Paul. They'll bring in this one. I'm against tariffs. I'm against tariffs. These are the same people who've been unable to show any leadership in the United States Senate or the House of Representatives when the Republicans were in control to secure the border. And when you're president, you only have so many options. They whine about what's going on in the border, but he's in charge. He's the commander-in-chief. He's got to do what he's got to do. A despot, they call him. A despot. Chris Cuomo is illiterate when it comes to American history. And so are most Republicans. Certainly on Capitol Hill. They're upset, ladies and gentlemen, because he, he's putting a 5% tariff on, on the Mexicans. Again, I'm not a tariff guy, except when it comes to our enemies like China. But his back's against the wall. Tell me, would they prefer that he do what Dwight Eisenhower did, considered a moderate Republican, praised as a president? What would they have called Dwight Eisenhower on CNN and MSNBC? What would Mitch McConnell have called Dwight Eisenhower when he rounded up one million illegal aliens, mostly from Mexico, in an operation called, not by me, by them, Operation Wetback? Collected over a million people here illegally, put them on buses, on trains, on trucks, Move them deep into the interior of countries, particularly Mexico, south of the border. Trump's not doing that. A 5% tariff on Mexican goods? Eisenhower would have laughed at that. And said, well, who cares? Big deal. Here it's despotism. Despotism. President of the United States says, well, maybe Americans should stop using or subscribing to AT&T. Dad, we've never seen anything like this in American history, says Chris Cuomo. We've seen a lot worse in American history, quite frankly. As they defend their hero, Obama, who unleashed law enforcement against the media. It's appalling. That's why he won't read on freedom of the press. He might actually educate himself. I got it. It's okay. But it's guys like him and Don Lemon and Brian Stelter and Chris Matthews and Andrea Mitchell, the whole conga line, who are destroying their own so-called profession. 
and hurting the United States of America at the same time. They are not giving the American people information. They are not giving the American people context. They are not giving the American people facts. They cherry pick. They attack. They have an agenda. They come into their offices ready to go like they're working for the DNC. And there's no end to it. And one of the troubling aspects of all this is, ladies and gentlemen, on this immigration front, Mitch McConnell's been around 30, 40 years. His, his leadership team, they've been around decades. They control the Senate. Is anything coming out of the United States Senate to help us on the border? Well, the filibuster rule, they'll say, okay, well, what do you want the president to do? Just stop there? Okay, the Democrats have the House, even though we had it and couldn't get anything done. The Republicans have the Senate, and we've had it. They can't get anything done. I guess I'll just sit here and watch. As one country after another sends tens of thousands and accumulated millions of people into this country. I guess I'll just watch. I'll just say it's okay. Oh, better yet, I'll embrace them. We Republicans should embrace this. What's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? Who's standing up for this country? This immigration issue is a big, big matter. It is a big matter. When you're releasing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people into the United States and we don't have the foggiest idea who they are. When other governments that are corrupt, that are fascistic, encourage their people, the poorer the better, the sicker the better, and their criminals, among others, to come into the United States. And we have a Democrat Party, part of the Republican Party, and most of the media as a fifth column in this country, weakening us from within, weakening us from within. When the poorest of poor people in the worst countries on the face of the earth are trying to get into the United States because even they understand America is free. Even they understand America is the place of opportunity. When we hear from PhDs, and Democrat politicians and media types, how lousy this country is. Something's wrong. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. 
Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. And a lot to get to today. Biden is plagiarized again. The Democrats are trying to destroy separation of powers again. The media are pushing impeachment again, even though the vast majority of the people don't want it, even though there's no impeachable offense. And this is what we get out of our media. This is what we get out of our media. CBS, NBC, ABC, ramp up impeachment talk. Cut four, go. The Mueller report is igniting impeachment talk. Did Mueller lay out the evidence and expect Congress to impeach? What are Democrats saying about impeachment? What he's now saying about impeachment. Facing impeachment. The question of impeachment. If this is a cover-up, why not move to begin impeachment? Are you worried about impeachment, Mr. President? Storm clouds of impeachment. Talk of impeachment growing. We're ramping up talk of impeachment. Ramping up impeachment pressure. New pressure. To start the impeachment process or not. The latest polls show nearly 6 in 10 Democrats. Democrats support impeachment. Americans are evenly split on impeaching President Trump. Political battle over impeachment. Impeaching. Impeach him. Impeachment hearing. Impeachment hearing. Impeachment, impeachment proceedings. Impeachment. Impeachment. Impeachable conduct. Impeachable offenses. Nancy Pelosi is not ruling out impeachment. Nancy Pelosi was just asked about impeachment a short time ago. Pelosi facing calls. Facing growing calls. Calls for impeachment. To begin impeachment proceedings. Do you want to be impeached? Hat tip newsbusters. That's sickening. Meanwhile, we're learning more and more, more and more, about how Mr. Mueller and his den of thieves have lied to the American people. As more time goes by and more information is released, Judge Sullivan had a transcript released involving John Dowd, one time a lawyer for the president. And is completely different from the edited version that was put in the Mueller report. Did you hear this on CNN today? Well, you don't know. You don't listen. Neither do I. MSNBC or something? No. No, you didn't. That's incredible that this kind of an abuse of power, this kind of unethical action by a lawyer, not only goes unpunished, but goes virtually unnoticed. And he was on with Sean Hannity last night, who the same media want to destroy and shut down. Cut eight, go. Look, Speaker Pelosi has a good point about the difficulty of the policy. Excuse me, cut five, go. Well, I had an obligation as counsel to the president uh, to, uh, to find out what was going on. And I'm, I'm so glad Judge Sullivan ordered the transcript because we now know the truth. And we also know that this, this entire report by Mueller is a fraud, and we're going to find more of these things. Uh, Isn't it ironic that this man who kept indicting and prosecuting people for process crimes committed a false statement in his own report? By by taking out half my words, they changed the kai, the tenor, and the contents of that conversation with Robert Kellner. And it's an outrage, and there's probably more of it. And he's talking about the lawyer for Lieutenant General Flynn. And so when the judge ordered the entire transcript released, it was quite different 
than what Mueller and his team had put in the report. This is why you don't trust a prosecutor without any kind of challenge, without any kind of due process, without any opposition witnesses, any discovery, anything like that, issuing reports. This is why you don't. And there's been precious little condemnation of this from former federal prosecutors, from legal analysts, from so-called reporters, precious little. It's shocking. And then we learned today that the DA for Manhattan, Cy Vance, is moving Paul Manafort to Rikers Island. You believe this, Mr. Producer? Where the worst of the worst violent criminals are. He's going to move him from a Pennsylvania prison to the notorious Rikers Island in New York City at the request he's going to be moved to Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance because Cy Vance plans to bring additional charges against Manafort under state law. And he got the go-ahead from a New York State judge. Manafort may have committed mail fraud and wire fraud and the things that he's found guilty of. I don't really know, but let's say he did. They're treating him like a terrorist. They're treating him like a mass murderer. They're trying to kill this man in prison. They're trying to destroy him. Only because he was, for about two months, Donald Trump's campaign manager. Otherwise, they wouldn't be moving him to Rikers, trying to, uh, to, have, uh, to save potential state crime charges in order, in order to keep him in prison should the president pardon him on federal offenses. If he's not a political prisoner at this point, I don't know who is, and I don't know Manafort. I've never talked to him, never talked to his lawyers, never talked to his surrogates, never talked to his intermediaries. None of that. None of that. At this point, at this point, given the treatment he's received, whether it was the SWAT team that picked him up in the first place, and now this, you're going to move him to Rikers Island? This is a disgrace. This, can you name one Democrat in the Clinton administration who has moved to Rikers Island? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Still a lot to get to that I think will uh, be very important. Tell me if you agree with this. The abandonment of objective truth and worse. 
the rejection of the principles and values of America's early press and revolutionaries is not new for the New York Times. In fact, it's not new for most of the current news outlets. It long predates the Trump presidency. And it has led the New York Times and other media outlets into a very bleak and dark place. Destructive of the press as a crucial institution for a free people. If newsrooms and journalists do not act forthwith and with urgency to fundamentally transform their approach to journalism, which sadly is highly unlikely, their credibility will continue to erode and may well reach a point soon where it is irreparably damaged with a large portion of the citizenry, and rightly so. The media will not only marginalize themselves, but they will continue to be the greatest threat to freedom of the press today. Not President Trump or his administration, but the current practitioners of what used to be journalism. you agree with this? This is at the end of unfreedom of the press. This book is intended to, among other things, jumpstart a long overdue and hopefully productive dialogue among the American citizenry on how best to deal with the complicated and complex issue of the media's collapsing role as a bulwark of liberty, the civil society, and republicanism. I've been on a lot of wonderful Fox shows. And some other shows. I've been on radio programs all across this country. Scores and scores of them. Ten a day. I've been behind this microphone. And there have only been a handful of journalists. Only a handful of journalists, so-called. Who've even had any interest in this topic. I'm just showing you where the, where, where, where the so-called media are today. None of them on CNN. None of them on MSNBC. None of them on the network news programs. That I'm aware of. Unless they're using homing pigeons to send a message. They don't want to engage on this. They are irredeemable in their ways and in their ideology. They are obsessed with their social activism, including hate for you and hate for the president. The reviews that have been done, we've gone over everyone that I'm aware of, have been a joke. The first couple of paragraphs basically personally attacking me, and then you can tell that the writer either hasn't read the book or is cherry-picked from the book or is simply just ignorant. And all of them have all but skipped chapter six about the New York Times, one through a couple sentences out there. Or the first chapter. Irredeemable is what they are, which is why eventually they're going to die on the vine. Or they're going to be inconsequential at some point, just spewing to the Democrat Party base as other media, media we can't even imagine right now, platforms we can't even imagine right now, take their place. And that'll be a good thing. That'll be a very good thing. And I hope those of you who 
have your copy of Unfreedom of the Press are very happy with it. I hope you are. I hope it's everything I've told you it is. I believe it is, based on the ratings and the comments and the five stars on Amazon. Frankly, based on the sales. Those of you who've heard me talk about it, again, I want to strongly encourage you to jump in with the rest of us and spread the word like Thomas Paine's. Spread the word. This is what we're up against. Constant push for impeachment. Constant push for socialism. Constant push for open borders. Constant attack on our values and our beliefs. Constant attacks on our culture. Constant attacks on law enforcement and the military. And constant attacks on our constitutional structure. I'm quite serious about this. I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll embrace what I hope will be this this movement where we spread the word like the original colonists did through the pamphleteers, and I hope you'll view and treat unfreedom of the press exactly that way. Exactly that way. It's less than 20 bucks. But I think it's worth a whole lot more if, in fact, we can have an effect and have some serious influence on our future here. Fort Lauderdale. CBS Miami. Shortly after being fired today by the Broward's Sheriff's Office, former Deputy Scott Peterson was arrested by the Department of Law Enforcement for his actions, it should say inactions, during and after the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. And by the way, I want to salute the government, Governor DeSantis, because if it wasn't for him, this sheriff wouldn't be the Broward County Sheriff. Shortly after taking command of the department, Broward Sheriff Gregory Tony focused an internal investigation on seven deputies to determine whether their actions at MSD High School on February 14, 2018, complied with Broward Sheriff's Office standards. Today, Tony announced the termination of Peterson and Sergeant Brian Miller, who were found to have neglected their duties. We cannot fulfill our commitment to, our all, uh, to always protect the security and safety of our Broward County community without doing a thorough assessment of what went wrong that day, Tony said in a statement. I'm committed to addressing deficiencies and improving the Broward Sheriff's Office. Peterson's arrest came as a result of a 15-month investigation into the actions of law enforcement following the shooting. He's being charged with seven counts of neglect of a child, three counts of culpable negligence, and one count of perjury. The FDLE investigation shows former Deputy Peterson did absolutely nothing to mitigate the MSD shooting that killed 17 children, teachers, and staff, and injured 17 others, said Commissioner Rick Swearingen in a statement. There can be no excuse for his complete inaction, and no question that his inaction cost lives. I don't get it. There's a cop with a gun standing there. He hears one round after another being fired. Total of 150. He not only runs away from the scene, but he urges other police officers running toward the scene to stand back. This guy was a really bad apple. During the investigation, FDLE agents interviewed 184 witnesses reviewed countless hours of video surveillance, and wrote 212 investigative reports totaling over 800 hours on the case, 
to determine the actions of law enforcement as they responded to the school shooting. I was pleased the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, in conjunction with the state attorney's office, conducted a thorough investigation that yielded the arrest of Scott Peterson. All the facts related to Mr. Peterson's failure to act during the MSD massacre clearly warranted both termination of employment and criminal charges, said the new sheriff. Peterson was the school resource officer at the high school during the shooting. The investigation shows he refused to investigate the source of gunshots, retreated during the act of shooting, while victims were being shot and directed other law enforcement who arrived on the scene to remain 500 feet away from the building. Peterson was arrested at the Broward Sheriff's Office headquarters and booked into the Broward County Main Jail. Six of the seven child neglect charges are second-degree felonies and carry a maximum penalty of 15 years in state prison. The seventh child neglect charge is a third-degree felony because the child was not severely injured, with a maximum penalty of five years in prison. The perjury charge is a first-degree misdemeanor with a maximum penalty of one year in jail. The three charges of culpable negligence are second-degree misdemeanors with a maximum penalty of 60 days in jail. MSD parent Fred Gutenberg, whose daughter Jamie was killed in the massacre, tweeted... I have no comment except to say rot in hell, Scott Peterson. You could have saved some of the 17. You could have saved my daughter. You did not, and then you lied about it, and you deserve the misery coming your way. I'm with him 100%. Meanwhile, Manafort goes to Rikers Prison. Rikers Prison. I'll be right back. You wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen. People look at your jawline. Simply tells your age. Here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put Genesel jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. This is the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. With Chaminade's MDL technology, Genesel's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin on the neck area for tight, healthy, younger looking skin. You'll see your mirror smile back at you or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Call now, and the classic Genesel for bags and puffiness is free with your order. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel Immediate Effects is also yours free. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline, because no one needs to know your age. 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. Get your two free gifts and free shipping now. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. There's a list that comes out every year from Talkers Magazine, the Heavy 100. And on that list, they have Hannity as first, Limbaugh as second, Ramsey as third, me as fourth. Well, I want to tell you something. I know the numbers in this audience. We're number three. No offense. No offense against anybody. But the truth matters. 
This is the third largest radio program in the United States. With the most difficult hours of any program in the United States. 6 to 9 p.m. on the East Coast, 3 to 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Why? People are eating dinner, as you know. We have preemptions from time to time on different stations. Uh, There's a lot of things to do in the evening and night. So this truly is appointment radio. Where we compete not only against other hosts, but barely at this point, because we've kind of cleared the field. But we compete with all these things that go on in the average person's life. And yet still, we have a massive audience, thanks to our magnificent affiliates, a massive podcast audience, a massive audience online because of you. But there's no question it's the number three biggest show in America. Now, perhaps if we were moved earlier in the day, we'd be the number one show. I have no idea. No idea. But we've turned the 6 to 9 p.m. slot on the East Coast and other parts of the country and the 3 to 6 p.m. slot on the West Coast and all kinds of times all over the country. Uh, We've turned it into prime real estate for radio. Because before I took that slot, what is it, 15 years ago now, Rich? It's almost 16 years ago. 16 years ago, nothing was working. And everything's been thrown up against me. Everything. And it's still not working. And it's not going to work. Just embrace it. Just embrace it. The more the better in terms of affiliates and, uh, and podcasting and all the rest. But that's, again, thanks to you. The number one book in the country on freedom of the press, thanks to you. The number three program in the most difficult hours in radio, thanks to you. All of it's thanks to you. And don't think I don't know. I do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there was just a vote in the House of Representatives. I want to salute Right Scoop and my buddy Brian. The Democrats have passed a massive amnesty bill while we have a border crisis. So what are their priorities, ladies and gentlemen? The American citizen or foreigners? Aliens. This is the issue, this and the economy, and national security. Those three issues are the issues that will win it for the President of the United States, I believe and I hope. Because you can see what the Democrats want to do and where they'll go if they control all the instrumentalities of government. It'll be over. It'll be over. So they have a quote-unquote path to citizenship. I hate that phrase. Sounds like you're taking a picnic. For the dreamers, just listen to the language. For the dreamers, because of the DREAM Act. And uh, citizenship for temporary protected status individuals too. So millions of people here illegally, will get amnesty, will become citizens. Not one damn penny for border security. Nothing about border security. Nothing. And yet seven Republicans voted with them. Seven Republicans. Bacon of Nebraska. Diaz-Balart of Florida. Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania. Hurd of Texas. Newhouse of Washington State. Smith of New Jersey, Upton of Michigan. So as far as I'm concerned, all of them can go to hell politically. It's pointless. Useless. 
You can't even vote the right way on this? You can't even vote the right way on this? Then what the hell good are you? You're not. You're useless. I'm not even talking about conservative versus rhino. You're going to throw in with a radical left bill? Why should we support any of these seven? They obviously believe their districts are heavy Democrat, so they're playing to the Democrats. And this guy Upton has been in the leadership of Michigan. He needs to go. They all need to go. It's enough already. This is just one of those issues, a right and wrong issue. Look what's going on on the border. Look at the illegality. Look at the anarchy. And they say, you know what? I'm going to vote for amnesty. Well, go to hell. Seven Republicans. Not one Democrat voted against this. Not one Democrat. Five of them didn't vote. I don't know. Maybe they were constipated. Maybe they're in the bathroom. I don't know. Five of them didn't vote. But not one Democrat voted against this. I want all you people, blue-collar, union, non-union, I want you to listen to me. You can listen to Joe Biden all you want. You can listen to Nancy Pelosi all you want. You can listen to Chuck Schumer all you want. But you know damn well that when this party has become so radical that it is voting for massive amnesty and refuses to secure our border, that destroys American jobs, American business, American culture, and the American Constitution. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? how much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. You know, it's just amazing. The Democrats push the Green New Deal, so we discuss forever the Green New Deal. The Democrats push open borders, so forever we have to defend our sovereignty. They push the agenda, the media push the agenda, And this is the unreality we have to deal with all the time. It's the unreality we have to deal with all the time. It's their agenda. It's their ideology. It's their social activism. Day in and day out. And we don't get a break. We don't get a break. Greatest country in the world, in spite of the media, in spite of the Democrat Party. You know... uh, The tax deadline passed, as you know, and the IRS didn't nail you for the money you owe. 
assuming you owe the money. So you figure you're safe, right? No, you're not. Brace yourself. Now comes enforced compliance season when the IRS actively garnishes paychecks, seizes bank accounts, and puts liens on homes. I'm going to give you my direct line to Optima Tax Relief. You need to call Optima now because it's critically important to solve your tax problems while you have options. Tomorrow you might not. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from nailing you. They ask about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. And if you qualify, you could save thousands, even tens of thousands. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they've resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for folks just like you. You deserve a fresh start. Call for your free consultation, 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. Now, I have in front of me an article from the Chicago Tribune. And the headline is, most violent weekend in Chicago this year, at least 52 shot, eight fatally. This is like Afghanistan. 52 shot, eight fatally. Shouldn't this be the big story all over the country? At least 52 people were shot, eight of them fatally, across Chicago over the weekend, the most violent of the year as summer gets underway, with a toll even higher than during the long Memorial Day holiday just a week earlier. You now have communities in this country that are unlivable. They're unlivable. I don't care how much money you pour in, how much redistribution of wealth, how many programs. They're unlivable. Because the criminals control the streets at night. And so what do we do? We attack the cops. So what do we do? We disarm innocent people. And then we feel a lot better. Somehow we've done justice. More than half the victims were wounded during a 12-hour burst of gunfire from Friday evening to Saturday morning. At least four of the 31 people shot during that time died after the attacks on the west and south sides. At least one other person over the weekend was fatally stabbed during the homicide toll, bringing it to nine. So eight were shot fatally, one was stabbed fatally. The level of violence, which typically spikes during the summer months, eclipsed that of three-day Memorial Day weekend when at least 43 people were shot Seven of them fatally. So in two weekends, almost 100 people were shot and 15 were killed. The most recent homicides from the weekend happened Sunday morning in the Old Town Triangle neighborhood on the north side. Two men were found dead around 6 a.m. inside a car hit by at least a dozen bullets. The driver, Tavion Matthews, 22, was shot several times in the back. And a passenger, Marcus Walker, 25, also several gunshot wounds. And it goes on. I don't see people taking a knee over this. Instead, it's uh, illegal aliens and amnesty and uh, impeaching Trump. And isn't America racist? 
In these communities, you have people killing themselves, killing each other. And almost no attention whatsoever. This is incredible. The amount of violence. This is one city. Then you go to L.A. Not only is violence skyrocketing, but the damn city hall is infested with rats and and you got typhus. You got all kinds of stuff going on in L.A. now. Because of the homeless who can live on the streets, because of illegal aliens bringing diseases into the country. I know it doesn't have to be this way. We all saw Rudy Giuliani take care of this when it came to New York City. But these radical Democrat progressive mayors want nothing to do about it. San Francisco, a lot of us felt, used to be the prettiest country in the face, uh, city on the face of the earth. Some parts still are, I'm sure. But look what's going on there. You see the destruction of the civil society. The rules don't matter anymore. You've got anarchy in the streets. You've got, you've got the liberal experiment right there. Right there for everyone to see. And yet what? Nothing. There are lessons to learn from this, but we're not getting any of that, are we? No, we're not. Instead, we're getting this. This is from PJ Media. Move to another city. Group behind Vile Philadelphia Chop Off Their Heads video, remember that? Is spreading anti-Semitism across the United States. So what's this now? Earlier this month, a disturbing video surfaced after the Muslim American Society, MAS, Philadelphia chapter, uploaded its Ahmad Day celebration where young boys and girls donning Palestinian kifias sang about how they would fight to destroy Israel and reconquer Jerusalem. This is in Philadelphia. The children performed Islamist chants with lines such as, chop off their heads and we will liberate the sorrowful and exalted Al-Aska Mosque which was intentionally built on the location of the first and second Jewish temples. While the video showed America a glimpse of what goes on inside the Moss Philadelphia chapter, the national news media expressed little interest in the story, writes the gentleman Hisham Shihab, the lack of media curiosity allowed mass chairman Ayman Hamas, to say the group had successfully managed and contained the Philadelphia crisis in a recent Moss newsletter. The Muslim American Society is part of an Islamist network that promotes anti-Semitism and Islamic supremacy coast to coast and is a facade for the Muslim Brotherhood in Northern America. At first revealed in 2004, published in the Chicago Tribune, which noted that Brotherhood members would call themselves the Muslim American Society, or MAS. Philadelphia isn't the only place where MAS is promoting vile anti-Semitism. Consider MAS Milwaukee, which recently held its annual convention in April at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Milwaukee. One of the main leaders of MAS Milwaukee is Salah Sarsour, who's been accused of fundraising for the Holy Land Foundation. 
an organization that was shut down and its members convicted in the U.S. for funneling $12 million to U.S.-designated terror organization Hamas. Sarsour is on the American Muslims for Palestine National Board, which held its annual convention last November in Chicago. The American Muslims for Palestine, or AMP, is a sister organization to MAS that promotes the boycott, divestment, sanction, that's the BDS movement, that aims at destroying Israel and promoting anti-Semitism. In his political activities, Salah Sarsour promotes traditional anti-Semitism. For example, in November 2018, he attributed perceived failures of Arab nation-states to a Jewish conspiracy wrote by Theodore Herzl, who died in 1904, the founder of the World Zionist Organization. In addition to Sarsour, the conference lineup included extremist preacher Raghib El-Sergani. El-Sergani has promoted anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. In an article on Jew Zionism in America, he wrote, In the 16th century, Jews took a very serious move that led to a strategic change in Europe. And the world as a whole. This move was nothing but altering the, that altering the Christianity, which already was altered and distorted, before with the aim of changing it into a religion that serves the Jews' interests in the name of new Christianity. The new Christianity, he says, is called Protestantism. And it goes on with other radical speakers. I'm telling you, within our country now, we have this Islamicist fundamentalist movement. It's on our college campuses. It's growing within our cities. You can see it in Germany right now, where some are saying and some have been saying, it's starting to smell like the early stages of the Third Reich. It's starting to smell like the early stages of the Third Reich in Germany, where people are warned. Not to wear any Jewish garb, any religious garb. For they might be assaulted or killed. And the police, for the most part, stand by. In our own country, our media, the Democratic Party media, cover up for so much of what's going on on our college campuses. Within the Democratic Party. They ignore their own history. They ignore what the New York Times did during the Holocaust and the Washington Post, which was nothing. They're given a quick pass after a day or two in the New York Times for their anti-Semitic card got by our editors. Got by your editors? While they defend Omar and Talib. And they do the same thing on CNN and MSNBC. And they do the same thing on the networks. Andrea Mitchell comes to their defense, among others. Nancy Pelosi comes to their defense. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College, have you ever asked yourself just how can I live a virtuous life? Now, our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. 
Hillsdale College president, the great Larry Arne, argues the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Now, this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you, and it can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. And you can learn how to lead a good life, just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. Just go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If you want the best primer in modern times, I believe, on the free press, actually on an unfree press, now's your time to act as well. Go to Amazon.com or any major bookstore or warehouse store and get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. I understand it's being censored by the vast majority of the, of the media. It doesn't matter. It's not being censored by us. I encourage you to get your copy. Father's Day is almost here. It's right around the corner. And so you might want to get a first edition now. It's a great way. I bet your father, your husband... Your uncle, I'll bet they'll be very, very excited if you get them a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Now, I don't know if the signed copies are sold out at Premier. Uh, I guess that's what, premierbooks.com or something of that sort. Premier Collectibles. If you want to go there and check it out, I don't think there's many left. But it's okay. The book itself speaks for itself. It's a great, great Father's Day gift and a great uh, gift actually from others too. So I think you'll enjoy that, too. So Joe Biden puts out his $5 trillion uh, climate change proposal. Now, Joe Biden was vice president for eight years, wasn't he? So you'd think he might have an independent thought on this subject, but he doesn't. They cobble together language from various think tanks. Because even Barack Melhouse Benito Obama knows that Joe Biden really isn't qualified to be president. He'll eventually come to Joe's side if it looks like Joe's going to win the thing. But notice he hasn't jumped in early. I remember when George H.W. Bush was running for president after Reagan's second term. Uh, there were a number of people challenging him. Ronald Reagan endorsed his vice president. But Obama won't endorse his vice president. Not yet. Doesn't that tell us? A lot that we need to know. Daily Caller News Foundation, former Vice President Joe Biden's climate plan appears to have used nearly identical language from other sources in at least five different passages. Josh Nelson, co-director of environmentalist group Credo Action, highlighted two instances where Biden's campaign used the exact same language as left-wing nonprofit groups without citations. That's called plagiarism, ladies and gentlemen. A subsequent review of Biden's plan by the Daily Caller News Foundation identified three other examples of similarly phrased excerpts. Biden, quote, 
Biden's goal is to make CCUS a widely available, cost-effective, and rapidly scalable scalable solution to reduce carbon emissions to meet mid-century emissions goals. Now here's the language from the Carbon Capture Coalition. Its goal is to make carbon capture, use, and storage a widely available, cost-effective, and rapidly scalable solution to reduce carbon emissions to meet mid-century climate goals. Almost exact, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Biden never learns. But what are you going to do if you're as stupid as a doorknob? I mean, if, if, if you can't plagiarize, you're kind of lost, I guess. Here's another one. Biden, carbon capture, use, and storage, CCUS, is a rapidly growing technology that has the potential to create economic benefits for multiple industries while significantly reducing carbon dioxide emissions. Now the group Blue Green Alliance 2017 letter to the Senate. Carbon capture and sequestration is a rapidly growing technology that has potential to create economic benefits for multiple industries while significantly reducing carbon dioxide emissions. Almost word for word. So not only can't Biden think for himself, but his staff can't either. Wow. I wonder how that's going to be covered. Or not. I see Gerald Kushner is being attacked with these interviews. What what about when your father-in-law said this and he said that? And what about this and what about that? Where is Hunter Biden? Why aren't they questioning Hunter Biden about his own activities, financial and otherwise, or his own father's moronic comments and so forth? How come Hunter Biden isn't being put through the grill? I'll be right back. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This is incredible. This is incredible. Fox News. Mueller probe witness George Nader charged with trafficking child pornography. I wonder if he'll wind up at Rikers, Mr. Producer. 
George Nader, a Lebanese-American businessman. Now, first of all, I don't know why that's relevant to the article. A Lebanese-American businessman. Okay, what's that have to do with anything? Well, you're about to find out. George Nader, a Lebanese-American businessman who cooperated with special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation and whose name appeared more than 100 times in Mueller's Russia report, was arrested this Monday on charges of transporting child pornography. Nader, who reportedly has ties to former aides to President Trump and has served as an advisor to Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates, is accused of transporting a dozen images of child pornography and bestiality. According to federal prosecutors, it announced that the 60-year-old was arrested at JFK International Airport on Monday. The child pornography charges initially were filed in 2018, but were not made public until his arrest. There's a very good piece about this over at, uh, where are we here? At the Town Hall website by Matt Vespa. He says, we all knew this Trump-Russia narrative was trash. Well, a lot of us knew. The same cannot be said for the liberal Americans. After the 18th or so bombshell that produced nothing in the endless weeks that went on where zero evidence was produced to support such a ludicrous allegation, any person who wasn't stricken with Trump derangement syndrome would see this as a witch hunt. Something that large, evidence would have been leaking like crazy, but nothing. Oh, and special counsel Robert Mueller had a legion of anti-Trump hardcore Democratic lawyers sifting through mountains of nonsense that amounted to nothing. Nothing. The Federalists' co-founder, Sean Davis, has not been shy in trashing Mueller, the Russia investigation, and he noted that the report appears to show that the former FBI director and his investigative team were desperate to prove Trump-Russia collusion, but couldn't. Mueller's existing presser on on confirmed what Davis and many others felt about the whole circus collusion. How desperate? Well, did he let a key witness's child porn charges fall by the wayside in order to ensnare Trump on this Russia nonsense? That's what some want to know. This comes after reports showed that British intelligence members questioned the credibility and accuracy of the Trump dossier compiled by XM16 spook Christopher Steele. The British knew the Trump dossier, the core of its hysteria, was trash, and now child porn peddlers? So let me ask you a question, which is, I think, what this gentleman's getting at. Why did Mueller use this guy at all? He was a witness for the special counsel's office. And I would urge the Republicans on Capitol Hill, if you ever get your hands around Mueller's testimony, you should focus in on this among a thousand other things. That is, how long did Mr. Mueller know that this man had been a, well, a pervert? And worse, that he was into child porn. And why would you use him as a witness? Why would, we rely, why would you rely on his testimony? It's so, it's so weird. Nader's testimony to the grand jury came after he reportedly took part in a December 2016 meeting 
at New York's Trump Tower with President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, among others. Nader was cited extensively in the sections of Mueller report, which detailed his work arranging a January 2017 meeting between Trump associate Eric Prince and Kirill Dmitriev, a Russian businessman with close ties to President Vladimir Putin. Mueller's team last year reportedly was looking into whether the UAE, perhaps with help from Nader, tried to gain political influence by putting money into Trump's 2016 campaign. Again, I will repeat the question. Why was Mueller using an individual who has now been slapped with child porn charges? How long did Mueller know about this guy and his child porn problem? And we also now have the former attorney to the President of the United States, John Dodd, making the point, and it's clearly obvious, that Mr. Mueller and his team lied about a conversation he had with Lieutenant General Flynn and his lawyer to try and make it appear like the president's lawyer had done something wrong when, in fact, the president's lawyer hadn't done anything wrong. So these things are starting to appear now, which provides more and more of a reason why Mr. Mueller needs to be grilled. All right, let me suggest this to the Republicans. Not only do you want Mueller up there, you want Andrew Weissman. You want to get Weissman and Mueller sitting right next to each other. I notice not a single Democrat committee chairman has asked for Weissman. I'm quite serious about this. Now, you know who the Democrats want to call? On the House Judiciary Committee, they announced this Monday. John Dean. John Dean, who's been a commentator for CNN. John Dean, who had a crucial role in White War, in the uh, Watergate matter, but the left loves him because he uh, trashed Nixon, his, uh, his client. They want him as their first witness in the upcoming Mueller report hearings. Now, why? What can he possibly add since he's not a first-hand witness to anything? Drama. Ooh. He's from Watergate. He was White House counsel. He will trash Trump. He will explain that the McGahn should testify. Oh, and the media will be there. See, this is all about the media. Playing this to the media. John Dean can't add a damn thing. John Dean is not even allowed to practice law. The hearings, which House Democrats have titled Lessons from the Mueller Report, Presidential Obstruction and Other Crimes. I mean, what is this, a clown show? They're going to begin June 10th. You ready, folks? Primarily serve as a platform to further explore President Trump's alleged attempts to obstruct special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. This is where they know the media will help them, and they want to soften up the president's popularity ratings. I told you before, if they can get them down to 35, 37, 34... Then they're going to strike. This idiot Claiborne, the number three on the Democrat House side, he all but said so. We can get the American people behind us. You know, that, that's what we got to do. And they know with the media's help, they may do that. Dean served as the star witness in the Watergate impeachment trial and ultimately pled guilty to obstruction of justice in 1973. They like this guy Cohen, who's a felon. This guy, Dean, who pled guilty to obstruction of justice, he will appear beside a number of former U.S. attorneys and legal experts at this month's hearing. 
Why do we need any of them? Because it's a show trial, that's why. Democrats have frequently invoked the Watergate scandal and Congress's response to it in justifying their calls for impeachment. During an appearance on CNN last month, Dean said the Mueller report was more damning than the Senate report detailing the misconduct of Nixon A's. That's why they want him there. Because they know he's a clown and he'll do what they want. I looked on my shelf for the Senate Watergate Committee report. I looked at the Iran-Contra report. Well, I have the Iran-Contra report, dummy. I also looked at the Ken Starr report. I have that. In 400 words, this report from the special counsel is more damning. Does he mean 400 pages? Then all those other reports about a president, Dean told CNN's Jake Tapper. How so? Doesn't matter. As far as obstruction goes, this is clear obstruction, said the uh, disbarred lawyer. The obstruction statute is an endeavor statute, as well as an actual overt action. If you ende- you know, why do I need a lecture from John Dean about what obstruction means? Mueller himself didn't pull the obstruction trigger. Maybe they all need a lesson on probable cause, but here's the game they play. This is all about the media influencing public opinion. So you can see it's not about really impeachment. It's about influencing public opinion. And the Democrat, here's their game. Here's the game of the Democrats and the media. They want to make the case that it is legal obstruction. But then they always fall back on, oh, we're not prosecutors. We're not, this isn't the matter of the criminal justice system. It's the impeachment system. So we don't have to make the case that he actually committed legal obstruction. So they can bounce back and forth, back and forth. He committed a crime. No, he didn't. Well, he didn't have to commit a crime. You don't have to be commit a crime to be impeached. Have you noticed the inconsistency? But this is what they've been doing now for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We have not taken a single caller tonight, have we, Mr. Producer? All right. As I'm trying to get into the... Well, hold on one second. Everybody, count the three. One, two, three. There it is. The call screen is here. Mike, Jacksonville, Florida, the great W-Bob, W-B-O-B. Go. Hey, Mark. Thank you very much for taking my phone call. Yes, sir. I have a, prob- I have a problem with this uh, metaphor going to Rikers. I used to work at one of the most hardcore prisons in Florida, and I worked in solitary confinement and they would put a man in there and after like three four five days a hardcore criminal he would come out and you could lead him around by his fingers it's that bad it is that bad when you put somebody in solitary confinement i just wish people would realize how bad it is you know he's been in solitary in this other prison and now you know, Rikers has a reputation, uh, well-deserved, as, as one of the toughest or worst in the country. And they're going to put him in solitary confinement in Rikers. Now, this is so outrageous. I, I, I know I'm the only one speaking out on radio about this or TV or what have you. But at this point, at this point, he's being treated like a political prisoner, in my view. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, what else can they do to the guy? 
I mean, it's terrible. And like I said, I, I've, I've been witness to solitary confinement when they put a man in there. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's unbelievable uh, the, the type of people they would put there, and the administrators would do it. But to hear that this is a white-collar crime, and like you said, you know, what did he, you know, he, he did some bad things. But. I know, but tell me, how many of these guys wind up in solitary confinement in Rikers? You're right, and that is the, that's the dead end of the dead end, Rikers. And, and, and I, I mean, it, it's terrible. And thank you very much for telling the truth on everything. Wow, you're very fan. kind. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Let us go to Rosie, Wilmington, Delaware, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you, Miss Sullivan? Okay, thanks. I want you thanks. to know it's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, you're an amazing man to listen to. The reason why I'm calling is because I take a serious, a, a subject I take really seriously. Um, I'd like to talk about my trip to China in October of 2018. All right, keep it tight. Go ahead. I am going to keep it tight. Um, I basically went thinking I was going to have a vacation and got an education instead. I really got to view what socialist communism was like up close and personal, though they call it socialist democracy there. And that term has been used, I think, by Bernie Sanders, if I'm not, if I'm got that right. Right. So tell us your experience quickly. Right. But basically... Americans really seriously don't understand what they're asking for. When I got to JFK, I told my girlfriend I was going to embarrass her because I actually got on my knees and I kissed the ground and thank God that I lived in America. What happened over there? Oh, well. um, You mean it's like a police state? They're monitoring everything? Yeah, they they, constantly your pictures taken, fingerprints. Even if you go to hotels, it's not like going to a hotel here, you're constantly monitored. You mm. never have your passport. From the time we got there, it was taken from bus from the guides. So they can control where you go and if you leave. Let me tell you, subtly, I really understood what it was like to know that I was trapped. Mm. I literally was trapped until I got my passport back and was on a plane back to the United States. It was... I, I've been all over the world. I've been to many places, even Lima, where they get four checkpoints to go to just to get out of the country because of the drug problem there, right? But I've never been scared. I mean, I was scared. I knew I was trapped. And it, it, it's so self-evident and so subtle. All right, my friend. I get the point. I appreciate your call. Let's continue. Ken, Williamsburg, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead. Mark, it's a pleasure to be a member of the third largest radio audience. Um, I've been uh, enjoying your education on politics for more than a year. I'm a contemporary of yours. But Thank you. I think the thing I really like the most is when you bring history back to the awareness. And at the beginning of the show, when you spoke about the Battle of Midway, it took me back. I'm a career Navy fighter pilot, retired a few years back. My wow. first tour was aboard USS Midway. Uh, I was able to participate in the Midway commemoration ceremonies aboard USS Constellation later in my career, which are now aboard that great museum in San Diego, and had a chance to get to know 
a fighter pilot who flew in that battle before he passed. And I think how you are able to connect that history to the importance of being an American and what our country has to offer is really crucial. Um, I will say it's something that my family takes with me. My son is now a Marine Corps helicopter pilot. Wow. I use your education in the Constitution in political discussions with my youngest son, who's a junior in college, who has some... Uh, we have great conversations on the the topics of the day. Right. So it's. I just want to let you know that that is really something that I treasure about your broadcast tonight. Well, I let, really let me just say you... this before we run out of time. I cannot thank you enough. Don't hang up. We're going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press for your son who's in college. You were a fighter pilot. You saw action, I take it? In the first Gulf War, yeah, I flew uh, flew a bunch of missions over Iraq. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough. So don't so don't hang up, Ken. God bless you, my friend. Yes. Instead, what are we getting today? What are we getting? Yesterday, oh, nasty. Did he call her nasty? No, nasty. Well, look at the sentence. It says nasty. What did he say? Look at the transcript. Oh, the nasty. This is... The, uh, are we dying from within? I just wonder sometimes. Not you and me, them. I'll be right back. With passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Here's where you get to salivate. This Father's Day, give Dad a gift pack with the Omaha Steaks he craves. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code LEVIN in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. Now, what am I talking about? Let me tell you, this is a big deal. Let's see. A $235 value now for only $59.99. Order now and you'll get, here's what it includes. Two tender filet mignons. Two bold top sirloins. Two savory pork chops. Four Omaha steak burgers. Four massive gourmet jumbo franks. Four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, a packet of Omaha Steak Signature Seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha Steak burgers free. Now, folks, you're not going to do any better than that, and Omaha Steaks are the best. Give this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up yourself for incredible summer grilling. All at 74% off. Again, order now and you can get this exclusive Omaha Steaks Father's Day Steak Fix Package valued at $235 for just $59.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com, type code LEVIN into the search bar. That's L-E-V-I-N. omahasteaks.com, code LEVIN. omahasteaks.com, everybody, code L-E-V-I-N. Don't wait because this offer ends soon. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you went to Costco or to Sam's or BJ's? 
When's the last time you went to Walmart or Target? Barnes and Noble. Books a million. When's the last time you went on Amazon? Well, the next time you do any of those things, grab yourself a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's the perfect Father's Day gift. The perfect Father's Day gift. It's also the perfect graduation gift. And it's a great gift for summer reading. It does all those things. I went on Amazon.com just now. The number one book is a fiction called Where the Crawdads Sing. Now, don't look at me. I haven't read it. The next book is 101 So Bad They're Good Bad Jokes About Dad. Number three, Searching for Sylvie Lee, a novel. Number four, Oh, The Places You'll Go, Dr. Seuss. Number five, but number one among nonfiction books, Unfreedom of the Press. 920 comments and ratings, and I'm looking at it now. Five out of five stars, 97% five stars. 97%. I don't think any of my books have ever been that high. Let me read this one. I'm just starting... At the top, you can do this yourself, the most recent. And this is a verified purchase. The author, that would be me, not only exposes the overwhelming media bias, he provides historical context of the press in this nation, the passive progressive takeover, and the selective suppression or promotion of news that either hurts or helps the progressive agenda. That was from Nikki Sarami. Next one, just Amazon customer, they don't leave a name. Unfreedom of the Press is truly a masterpiece that exposes the massive bias through commission and omission of stories that the media have against Republicans and President Trump. Next one. I'm just reading this. If they take a shot at me, you're going to hear that too. I have read most of Mark's books. Unfreedom of the Press is probably the most enjoyable and knowledgeable one I've read. He discusses the media, television, and print in an open and frank manner. Most Americans understand our media is giving us drama and hyperbole and downright lies. We see the deception and recognize they are a political activist source, not a journalistic source. But Mark has not only laid that out in open and direct writing, takes us back through history where it has been done before. It gives us a way not only to understand what but why and who has done it before and how we can stand up against it. Next. The book is very educating, although learning truth is not always pleasant, especially when realized how far back freedom has been used to undermine our freedoms. This is a big nail for the future coffin of traditional media outlets, including tax finance platforms such as NPR and PBS. Here we have Barbara Freeland. I've read most of the books from this gifted author. I am proud to be a Levinite. He's always He is the way to reclaim Everything, the Constitution is our guiding light. Let me see a couple more. Well, this is, uh, these are the five stars. They're all five stars, pretty much. This is Emir D. Heyrich. Anyone who's been paying attention knows the mainstream media has become the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. Mark knocks it out of the park when it comes to exposing them and really showing us how far their slide to the bottom has gone. A definite read for anyone 
interested in hearing the truth and taking off the blinders. Anyway, you can read these for yourself. It's the first time I've read them out loud. And uh, again, as I say, great Father's Day gift. All these retail stores, but Amazon, you can hammer them, hit them real fast if that's what you want to do. Frank, Sherman Oaks, California, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Well, let me tell you something. I'm a big fan of yours and Hannity, and I catch you all the time on radio while I'm driving from one studio to another. I'm in the Thank film you. business. Yeah. The thing I remember, I remember closely when the head of CNN, what's his name again? <clears throat> Zucker. Yeah, I remember when he was there on a the lot, and Lou Wasserman and Sid Scheinberg fired him off the lot for all the mistakes he made with all the TV shows. Literally fired him. Hmm. You didn't know this. No. This, this guy was more disrespected, and yet he's the head of CNN. Boy, and then I love these people that, call, that called a, a, a Trump a Nazi. They don't know what they're talking about. I was in Paris. You know what I told them? If it wasn't for us, you people would have speaking German. Now, you're a World War II vet. That's right. I How old the are you? Of the bulge. you? Wait a minute. You, you were at the Battle of the Bulge? Yes, I was in. I'm 93 years old today. Wow. God bless you, sir. God bless and, and you. And I'm a big fan of yours, by the way, just to let you know. But I, you. I, I go crazy when I hear about CNN and this putz. I call him a putz. You know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn, I should I say I do. Call these guys. The expression we used to call them, no hopes. They're a bunch of no hopes. But listen to me. You're a, you're a hero. The Battle of the Bulge. I mean, and they keep comparing the president to Hitler and to, uh, I mean, men who fought in that war and, and people who suffered under Hitler. To hear this president called Hitler, it's, it's really quite sick, isn't it, Frank? Well, let me tell you something. I happened to see, accidentally, going from from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Verviers all the way through the Battle of the Remagen, and we hit some of those camps that people don't know, the ovens, the ovens. I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw the ovens, and I saw how people were treated in those ovens. People, they could call, they could say it's a lie, Holocaust, take my word for it. It was all for real. And we ran into SS guys. Those SS guys that were 16, 17, 18 years old, and they were murderous guys. And we, we didn't have no pity for them. I'm not going to go through the explaining what we did. But mm-hmm. when, when we ran into them, that was the end of them, period. They were, you know, they it's, were it's interesting you say that because my, uh, my mother's father, my grandfather, uh, he fought in the, in, in the Pacific, and he fought it in, um, at, at Iwo Jima and Guam. And he wouldn't go into the specifics either other than to say, we didn't take many prisoners. I mean, and today you do that, you know, they're going to they're gonna throw you in prison for 50 years. They used to say, take these guys back and get back here in five minutes. I'm not going to explain why. Mm-hmm. Well, Frank, let me tell you, you're terrific. And uh, so you work in the movie business or you did? Other people. I'm in the middle of trying to do the, a, a film that would cure the ills of the world. And yeah. if, I, if I had Hannity's ear, he would give his IT to do it as a film. But that again, that's another story. I didn't call you for that. All I'm saying is that I'm a writer, and I got something, that, a, a script that will cure the ills of the world. And if you ever want to know, you can call me back. The whole thing is I paid my dues. And yes. the reason why I have a hard time right now, you want the truth of the matter is, I'm 93. If you called any studio anywhere and they look up, they see what a track record you have, you can get my name off the, off the radio in a minute if you like. 
they see what my credits are. Oh, thank you. Hold on. Then they hang up. And that's the end of that. All right, Frank, Mr. Bertuzzi will get your information. And I'd like to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press, too. All right? Wait. I'd like to, if you could take me off the phone, I'd like to give you some information. Well, my producer can do that. I got to keep doing my radio show here. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. And thank you for your, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Let's continue. James, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, the great K-R-L-A. Go. Hey, the great one, the Denali. Actually, I prefer to call you back when you did your book, uh, The Liberty Amendments. I prefer to you as the modern-day Thomas Paine. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's how I viewed that. It's I love that book. I want to see Thank the momentum you. still going, but I want to get back to uh, your your recent book. Read yes. the whole thing, The Unfreedom of the Press. Awesome. It finally uh, it, it, col- it, it coalesces everything, doesn't it? It brings it all together. Everything that you're trying to figure out, trying to say and state and figure out how these – and you, you expose the tactics, the operating tap- tactics of the media. Mm-hmm. And what I was really calling to say is, you know, that also really applies to what the Democrats do in politics. you got to mm-hmm. call it pseudo-events, right? Right. Pseudo-events. How about pseudo-politics, Joe Biden today? Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of grab something, throw it out there, and spin it and pump it and pump it for political power and pressure. And that, that's, you know, it, it drives me nuts, man. I, you know, I... I'm a 55-year-old guy. I didn't serve in the military, but I love him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book was incredible. It uh, to- totally makes me look at the media. Even Fox News, I'm a little critical to see the the mindset that goes on. You know, the 24-7 need to have a pseudo-event, something out there, something out there, something out there. All right, brother. Well, listen, I appreciate your call. I'm glad you liked the book, and you'll never look at the media the same way. None of you will, because now you're going to understand their tactics, their strategies, and exactly how they approach this. Thank you, James. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, if you believe... That you're not being snooped on. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we're being snooped on all the time. Hackers, governments, ad companies all slurp up your data. That's why I recommend getting the software that I trust to protect my online activity, ExpressVPN. Folks, keep your confidentiality. Keep your privacy. We should be very, very excited that ExpressVPN even exists Their apps use powerful encryption to secure your data. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. And then you use the Internet just like you normally would. You download the app, click to connect, and you're protected. I never go online without ExpressVPN, and you shouldn't either. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN, costs less than 7 bucks per month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Take back your online privacy like I did with ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity right away and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. 
That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn lots and lots more. Let us go to Nick Silver, Colorado, XM Satellite. Go. Hi there, Mark. How are you today? Very well. Thank you, Nick. I've called before, and um, I guess I'm going to show my vulnerable side here for a moment. But uh, I was in prison a lot of years ago and am educated. I told the call screener, I just would applaud the ability to vote for people in prison because most of those people are conservative, too. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, uh, that's fine. Anyways. So but what do you think I about went, Manafort going into solitary confinement at Rikers? Think he deserves that? I'm just the opposite. I was gang raped in prison, and oh, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's something you go through. That's just prison. But uh, personally, I spent, geez, six, seven, eight months in one-on-one confinement, and it's some of the best time there is, actually is. In all honesty, if... You know, you don't you don't hear that side of things. But if they've decided, or or his attorney or whatever has decided that there's a threat, and he's okay with it, some of the best actual time is just being by yourself, right or wrong. Wow. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Not sure about that. Not under those circumstances. I feel bad for that gentleman. I hate the thought of even what he just said. It's too bad. Too bad that goes on. Really is. There needs to be real prison reform, but inside the prisons. That should not happen to any human being. I'm quite serious about this. Charles, New York, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Before I say what I was going to say, you just mentioned Manafort. Um, can't the president um, pardon him? I mean, for, for the federal oh, Yes, the president can, but Riker is a state See, what the, what they're doing is they're moving him over there because they're planning on bringing state charges against him. Right, but if the president pardoned him on the federal charges, wouldn't he be out, be out of jail while, while they're getting the uh, state charges together? Not necessarily, and this is also part of the problem. They could go into court, I suppose. I don't know the details, but they could go into court and say he's a flight risk. We're concerned. Uh, he's already pled to these federal crimes despite the pardon. Uh, we have uh, crimes related to these same offenses. Uh, I do think double jeopardy arguments could be made. Other arguments could be made. But in the meantime, I suspect these judges will keep him right where he is or move him to Rikers and let, let him stay there. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say about the media is all my life I've heard that uh, we have free speech, but you can't yell fire in a, in a crowded theater. Mm-hmm. What, what these phonies are doing is yelling theater well you know I think it's worse than that and yet it's it's more diabolical than that I think it's they're not I think it's day in and day out this propaganda social activism liberalism uh, I think if you read the first chapter of my book and it'll it'll glide you into the rest of the book uh, it lays it all out and it lays it all out not just in anecdotal terms but it explains who we're dealing with. This is a movement. This is a force. This is an ideology. It's almost like the aliens taking over the body of the First Amendment and the freedom of press. And they have all their talking points ready when you challenge them. You're a despot. You oppose the First Amendment. We're defenders of the First Amendment. You know, that sort of stuff. 
So I'm trying to arm people with enough information uh, so you can avoid that kind of thing. Thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, We must move quickly. Patrick, Gardnerville, Nevada, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, how the hell are you? Good, thank you. I've changed your name from the great one to the national treasure. Well, aren't you kind? I've been called a lot of names, you know, but not that one. Well, you are a national treasure. Hey, Patrick, do me a favor. The music means I got to run. I apologize. Give us a call tomorrow. I appreciate you checking in. I appreciate all of you folks. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. All of you. God bless you. If you haven't yet, Levinites, run over to Amazon.com. Order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's sitting there waiting for you. See you tomorrow. God bless you.